This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is this, two causes of ineffective reading instruction. Now, let's define our terms. Ineffective reading instruction is instruction in which children, A, do not move forward in their ability to create meaning with print, B, learn to dislike reading, and C, do not engage in voluntary reading. Now, nobody wants ineffective reading instruction, even though it seems like some people, like Emily Hanford and Louisa Motes, even though it seems like they get up every day and say, hmm, how can we promote ineffective reading instruction? Yet, ineffective reading instruction seems to be rampant, and we're going to look at just two causes of ineffective reading instruction. Cause number one, it's called the myth of standardization. It is erroneously assumed that students are standardized products and that a standardized one-size-fits-all program can be purchased and implemented with fidelity, with great success. All we have to do is buy the right program. And this is based on the crazy, wacky, nutty idea that all struggling readers are the same. And it's based on this inaccurate assumption that a struggling reader in Blackwater, Arizona, needs the exact same program implemented in exactly the same way as a struggling reader in Edina, Minnesota, or Newcastle, Australia, or Mumbai, India, pardon me, and Karachi, Pakistan. So schools buy expensive, overly complex reading programs that don't work. And then teachers must struggle to make the child fit the program instead of making the program fit the child. And when the expensive reading program doesn't work, as is inevitably the case, what do you think happens next? Well, they force the child to do more of what isn't working so it won't work even more. Or they blame the teacher, or they blame the parents, or they look for another program to buy. And groups like the Science of Reading, these advocates are pressuring school districts to buy these very expensive one-size-fits-all programs that have been approved by Science of Reading experts, who in reality seem to know nothing about reading and even less about reading science. Now, wouldn't life be grand if good reading instruction was simply a matter of buying the right overly expensive reading program and implementing it with fidelity. In our teacher preparation programs, we could scrap all the child development classes and ed psychology classes and get rid of all the teaching methods courses. Think how much money we would save. We could instead have only one or two program-implemented courses where students would learn to read and follow the directions with fidelity. And the title of my next book would be Buy the Right Overly Expensive Program. But children are not standardized products, and what works with one person in our group 
does not always work with another. And by the way, reading programs don't teach children to read. There's not a program in the world. Teachers do. We must invest in teachers, which means professional, legitimate professional, teacher professional development. The second cause of ineffective reading instruction is a lack of understanding related to the reading process. More specifically, inaccurate information about how the brain creates meaning with print. Old ideas get in the way of new understandings. And ununderstandings also get in the way of new understandings. Now, let me explain. The lack of success with struggling readers is connected with, correlated with, the simplistic understanding of reading that's prevalent within the radio documentary community. That's prevalent outside the literacy experts community. Based on the phonological processing model, here reading is thought to be just sounding out words. Instruction based on this model consists of sounding out word instruction with the goal of creating good sounder outers. However, there's very little transfer of these sounder outer skills to authentic reading situations, and there's no significant improvement in reading comprehension. That's the phonological processing model, that reading is simply sounding out words. Now, the neurocognitive model, that's in contrast, this provides a more complete understanding of reading. Based on the latest research in cognitive science, neuroscience, eye movement, and miscue analysis, here reading is understood to be creating meaning with print. Instruction based on this model consists of multiple types of activities and experiences that are used to develop the cognitive processes necessary for students to create meaning with print. Reading is not sounding out words, it's creating meaning with print. Now, the neurocognitive model of reading is based on two theories, the cognitive constructive learning theory and the interactive theory of reading. Now, according to the interactive theory of reading, reading is creating meaning with print, but during the act of reading, what's in the head interacts with what's on the page to create meaning. Hence the name interactive theory. And again, reading is not simply sounding out words. It's creating meaning with print. We use what's in our head to make sense of what's on the page. That's why when our head is full of stuff, we can read more successfully and comprehend more about that stuff. I know a lot about reading instruction. When I read books about reading instruction that interacts, I read quickly. I comprehend a lot. When I read about financial planning, there's nothing in the head. I read slowly. I comprehend little. What's in the head interacts with what's on the page. Now, let's take a look at the three queuing systems. And I know Emily Hanford and Louisa Motes and all you uh, science of reading monkeys, your little flags are going up. But listen carefully. As we are reading, we use the knowledge stored in our cortex to constantly reach out and micro-predict the words in the sentences as we're reading. Eye movement research, miscue analysis, others show that. This is called recognizing words. 
different from identifying. Listen carefully. These micro-predictions enable our brain to work more efficiently. Our brain uses three cueing systems to make these micro-predictions to recognize words during the act of reading. These cueing systems are the semantic, the syntactic, and the graphophonetic. They're called cueing systems because they cue the brain as to what the next word might possibly be. They're called systems because they interconnect and interact with these other systems to work in conjunction. They don't work separately, they work together. And I can hear the squeal of the phonics penguins. Right now they're saying, teaching children to use cueing systems doesn't work, doesn't work. He's ruining America. What about the children? Who'll protect the children? Mothers for liberty, mothers for liberty. To these penguins, I would say, take the fish out of your ears and listen. We don't teach cueing systems. That's not what it is. If you're going to be against something, for God's sakes, at least understand what that something is. To understand the three cueing systems, you must first understand the difference between recognizing words and identifying words. Recognizing words is seeing a word on the page and instantly knowing what that word is. However, when we encounter words on the page that are still in our lexicon, that's the dictionary in our head, it's, they're in our lexicon and we don't recognize them, we must identify them. Identifying words is when you consciously employ some strategy to figure out what that word is. Hmm, I don't recognize it. I will use this strategy. There are four word identification strategies that we consciously employ. Morphemic analysis. Morpheme is the smallest unit of meaning. Looking at parts of the word we recognize. Analogy or large unit phonics, looking for letter patterns. Context clues or semantics. And phonics. Yes, four. And each of these word identification strategies should be taught using very direct and very explicit instruction. We teach word identification strategies. Not just one, as the science of reading people would have it, but all four. We don't teach cueing systems. You include activities to develop them so that students are able to recognize words automatically or almost automatically using a minimum of cognitive space in short-term memory. The three cueing systems, semantic. This is the most efficient of the three in terms of space and speed required in our working memory. Semantics refers to meaning. As you read, you use context and background knowledge to recognize words and figure out what the next word might be. The syntactic cueing system, syntax has to do with grammar and the structure of the language. As your brain reads, you also use your knowledge of grammar, sentence structure, word order, tense, plurality, prefixes and suffixes, nouns and verbs, and function words to recognize words. This is the second most efficient cueing system, but it works in conjunction with the other two. The third one, the phonetic 
or phonologic cueing systems uses letter sounds to predict what the next word might be. We use minimal letter clues. And of the three cueing systems, this, this one is least efficient in terms of cognitive space. Why? Because it focuses on individual letters and letter patterns instead of words and ideas. Doesn't mean we don't teach it. No. But know this, working memory has a very limited capacity. It can hold about seven bits of information, seven plus or minus two, for about 15 seconds before it begins to fade. We can hold just a few letters, or we could hold a few words, or a few ideas. And since ideas contain far more information than individual letters, it's more efficient to focus on ideas or meaning rather than individual letters. This has been the Reading Instruction Show. I am your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. We have been talking about two causes of uh, um, ineffective reading instruction. And I'll just share, I have three more. The third cause, and I won't go into it, but it's teachers have been disempowered. The fourth cause, classrooms have become overcrowded and underfunded. And the fifth cause of ineffective reading instruction is testing madness. All right, we'll talk about these other three in the next podcast.